For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The Bills are 6-1 heading into an AFC East showdown with the New York Jets. We take a look at stock up and stock down on the Bills roster. Tredavious White is making his return to the active roster. What happens with the cornerbacks as he reacclimates? The Jets have been stockpiling top draft picks for years. How much of a threat are they this week? The Play Action Podcast starts now. So the Bills are 6-1. and one. They're coming off this win over the Packers where so strong in the first half, weird second halves, but kind of taking all that into consideration, let's go through whose stock is up, whose is down on this team. I'll start with uh, Ed Oliver. Really encouraging. He's back. He looks recovered. Had a sack against the Packers. Should have had two sacks. One was wiped out by a ticky-tack penalty. The Bills need Ed Oliver to be a force in the middle for a million reasons. They need it to contend with some of the elite passing competition they're going to face. Miami is what I'm thinking. Him being dominant against the Packers was uh, really encouraging. Yeah, staying on the defense, I'd like to highlight Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, he had 16 tackles against the Packers, which was a career high, but he's just playing so, so well in this contract year. I think he's been such a key part of this defense and doesn't always get the accolades, partially because there are so many guys on this defense making big plays. Um, But I think just he's been so consistently solid throughout this season and Sunday night was another example of that. Yeah, he, d- he does so many things in space. There was a play in the first half where they're in a Tampa two, two deep, but he's got to cover the deep middle. Aaron Rodgers threw the ball, bounces off Edmonds' helmet, and Milano almost had the interception. That's just a, a perfect example of his range and size impacting the defense. I mean, he's blowing up. He's, he's playing himself. Uh, not to worry about things we don't need to worry about, but I mean, he's playing his, his way to a monster contract with some other team. I was looking up the top inside linebacker salary is $19.7 million. Shaq Leonard of the Colts. He's going to beat that, I predict. I think that linebacker tandem in general of Edmonds Milano has been, you know, so solid all season, too. You mentioned Matt Milano having that near pick. He had two near picks before he finally got the interception. It would be great to see him make the uh, make the Pro Bowl the way he's playing so far this season. And, uh, you know, just to throw out a couple other people, you know, Devin Singletary, last four games, he's averaging 6.4 a carry. That's really encouraging. Greg Rousseau, five sacks. I thought Ryan Bates uh, quietly had an encouraging game at right guard. So, yeah, a lot of stock up. So on the flip side, as far as stock down, I know there's been a ton of discussion about this Bills run defense. Um, Obviously not their best showing against the Packers, allowing 208 rushing yards to Green Bay. But I think also within the flow of the game, it didn't feel quite as concerning. Just you think about the Packers being down 17, still running the ball. I mean, Von Miller's joking to Aaron Rodgers, are you guys going to pass? Yes or no? Players seemed kind of confused by it. And Again, on paper, 208 when their previous most was 162 to Baltimore, a weird rainy game, and everything before that was 80 yards or less allowed. Yeah, it's a huge jump, but 
given that they won the game, Packers scored kind of late to make it feel closer than it ever did. I don't feel as concerned as maybe some people do. I don't know what you feel about that. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. It's I mean, uh, as you mentioned, they're up 17. I think I, I saw a stat the Bills had a 95% win probability when the Packers are running. You know, and you look at the light boxes. They were playing with six-man boxes against two tight end, two running back, three tight end formations by Green Bay. You better be able to get six yards of carry when you're facing a six-man box. I mean, could it be an issue? Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. We can have that conversation because <laughs> Philadelphia's got a great offensive line. Uh, it could be a problem. That uh, it could be a problem that league. Let's let's defer the uh, conversation uh, to then if we uh, if we get to that point. I also think there are a few stock downs. Uh, obviously, Jordan Poyer uh, got hurt if the Bills have to go, you know, with their backup safeties uh, going forward. I would say uh, right tackle I'm still worried about, even though David Questenberry played a good game going up against Green Bay's best pass rusher, Rashad Gary, the whole way. And I, I really like Questenberry's run blocking. Still, I like Spencer Brown better. He's coming back from an ankle injury. If the, when they play a really good pass rushing team, Miami, I worry about right tackle a little bit. Yeah, I think injuries continue to just be a concern around this team because everyone is playing really well overall. You know, Dawson Knox, I've heard people talk about. My take on him is there's only one ball to go around. He did have one drop uh, on a low pass, but should have been caught. I thought his blocking has been quietly improved. He had some really, a couple good blocks, you know, and then there's the Zach Moss question that won't go away. Do they need a pounding running back because Zach Moss was active, but isn't it? Yeah, Moss's name has obviously been involved in some of those trade rumors, but we're recording this Tuesday ahead of that deadline. So still kind of TBD on how that shakes out. Pro Bowler Trey White is coming back onto the active roster this week. It's going to be interesting to see how the Bills' defensive backfield shakes out over the next couple weeks. Yeah, so Trey White will be back, though still day-to-day for a bit. So hard to say exactly what it'll look like at this point. But what I found was interesting is how, you know, Leslie Frazier this week was saying they still want to keep Kair Elam and Christian Benford getting the reps they need just to be ready. Obviously, they've had to step up throughout the season already, um, but just kind of that's been by necessity. What happens now once they're working Tredavious White back in to that rotation? No doubt. I mean, regardless of whether how much or little Trey White plays against the Jets, he's going to be back. Yeah, I think you're going to see a job share from Trey White to start, but I think the other three guys... Dane Jackson, Elam, and Benford are playing so well. I don't know how you can't do a job share. Dane Jackson, think about the uh, early in the game, the Packers throw the deep pass to uh, Watson, the speedster, and Dane just made a great play on the ball, speed recovery, and then looking up at just the right time. That's something that is so hard to teach. Elam is so much talent, you have to keep developing him. Once Trey White is full-time player, it's almost got to be a three-way job share uh, on the other side of the field. Yeah, it's such a flip from the beginning of the season when it felt like all of a sudden all their cornerbacks were injured. So nice to for them from a coaching standpoint to finally be dealing with it in this sense. Again, you look at the Miami game. It's still a long way away, but 
Where do you really get the big bonus from Trey White? That's where you need Trey White. Uh, I was looking at uh, Pro Football Focus grades. Now, keep in mind, there's 96 starting cornerbacks in the NFL when you consider the slot corner. I mean, they got Dane Jackson 32nd, Elam 46th, Benford 66th out of starting cornerbacks. I mean, the Bills have weathered this storm. You know, going into the season, if you said, you know, Trey White's not going to play the first half of the season, and you say they're 6-1 and one, and the pass defense is, is near the top of the league, boy, that's better than expected. But there's still challenges going forward at the safety position. Yeah, you mentioned how they're 6-1 and one without Tredavious White. That's also missing time from multiple guys at safety, at cornerback too. Obviously, Micah Hyde's done for the season. We mentioned Jordan Poyer already, but... Just navigating all these injuries at once is really a testament to this past defense. I really like Hamlin. He's tall. He's rangy. He is playing the run better than I expected because, you know, the the MO is Jaquan Johnson is the hitter, Hamlin the center fielder. And on the first play against uh, uh, Green Bay, they had a run dog by Hamlin and he, you know, nailed the running back in the hole. Going back to next year when Hyde comes back, I want to see Hamlin on the field even then to some degree. Uh, I do think it is a worry, though. Uh, Poyer is laboring with the elbow. You know, they're facing the real prospect of playing Jaquan Johnson and Hamlin for, I'm thinking, the the, the short term here. And uh, we'll see what the report is on Poyer. But I, I'd be surprised if he plays a full game against the Jets or even plays against the Jets. So we'll see how that goes. That's a concern. No doubt with those two backup safeties, especially when you play a potent passing game. So let's talk about the Jets. They're 5-3. and three. They're coming off of a loss to the Patriots, but had a four-game win streak right before that. And their defense has been a pretty big part of this. I'm sure... Bills fans who watched that Jets-New England game, their eyes were watering how bad the quarterback play was, and they said these two teams aren't in the Bills class. Uh, I would just say I agree that was not an impressive uh, offensive showing by either team, but the Jets are no joke. Yeah, they might be a year away, but they have been stockpiling talent. They have 14 number one draft choices on their roster. Now, a couple of them are injured, but 11 or 12 are going to be playing against the Bills. They have legit talent. Quinnen Williams, their defensive tackle, is an absolute stud. He is going to be a problem. They have C.J. Mosley, a really good linebacker in the middle of their defense, and they drafted Sauce Gardner fourth overall, and he is at the top 2% of talented cornerbacks in the NFL. And the other thing is he's an alpha. He's like a Trey White personality. He brings it. So he is a stud. They have a defense that is physical, that can at least, I think, slow the Bills down a little bit. Yeah, and I think it's such a big jump from their defense was last the previous season. So just seeing what they've done in that short amount of time to improve, and it's showing up already. Meanwhile, I think still some question marks on the offense. We can start with Zach Wilson. He is not playing well under pressure. He's completed 9 of 47 passes, 19%, a league-wide low under pressure. So definitely a concern for their team, just what he will mean to them moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I I just spent some time talking up the Jets' defense, but this uh, overshadows uh, everything else. Uh, Zach Wilson's development. Now, again, he's still a young quarterback. Maybe the light is going to go on, but the light is not on right now. 
And this is a bad matchup for the Jets because their offensive line also is not a strength in part because of injuries. They've lost, you know, really three starters they've replaced since the start of the season due to injury, and they just lost their star guard, Elijah Vera Tucker, who's a stud. So against the Bills, who will bring the pressure, you got to think the Jets are going to try to rely on their run game a little more. Yeah, I think when you mentioned just will that like come on for Zach Wilson, his interception in the second half last week against the Patriots feels like an example of just it's not quite working right now. Yeah, just decision making, you know, mind boggling, uh, mind numbing decision making. Here's the breakdown of this week's play to watch. This one was uh, under pressure. Actually, he had two interceptions, both very similar, rolling out to his right under heat. Matthew Judon's chasing him. And just give up on the play, you know? And uh, he throws it for a tight end, running an intermediate or deep over route, and it wasn't even close. Devin McCourty, the Patriots' free safety, picked it off on the sideline. To cut him a little slack, yes, Josh Allen had some of those interceptions in year one and into year two. So maybe the light will go on. But the other thing is Zach also, he's got a great arm, but he doesn't bring... You know, the physicality, the running game, his elusiveness outside the pocket and his playmaking outside of the pocket needs to go way up if the Jets are really going to be a threat to the Bills. Yeah, and I think it's maybe not necessarily a fair standard to always take Josh Allen's trajectory and think that any other quarterback's going to do it. A lot of things had to go right there, and I don't think it's necessarily something that can just get repeated over and over. It feels just such a testament to all the Bills did, but also his talent and his development where you can't just look at a quarterback struggling and be like, oh, it's all good. He'll have his Josh Allen moment because that's maybe only a Josh Allen moment. That is such a great point. And that for the Jets fan base and the Patriots fan base, though, it is unfair to compare him to Josh Allen. But that's the world they're living in right now because they are staring at Josh Allen for the next decade. So they need a quarterback who can, if not go toe to toe, go uh, toe to toe a little. You know, Miami may be deluding themselves right now that, uh, yes, Tua is going to be able to outduel Josh Allen. I bet you can find a good segment of Dolphins fans uh, uh, who say that right now. But that's the reality. Jets fans, uh, it's a depressing situation. Of course, Bills fans were there for, you know, 20 years. But uh, that that's a problem. It's not fair. Yeah, but it's true. I think it's that balance of delusion versus hope. And I, <laughs> as a person, I think it's so important to have hope. If you're running an NFL franchise, I think you need a, a heavier dose of reality in some of these situations. We'll see what exactly Zach Wilson is able to do against this Bills defense that has terrorized young quarterbacks for quite a while. Um, We'll have all your coverage leading up to that and at the game from thebuffalonews.com. And make sure to subscribe to this podcast where we'll be back next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.